Jean Grey's returning to the Marvel Universe. The Joker's returning to Batman. The Walking Dead Episode 2 gives me some serious panic attacks. And The Amazing Spider-Man Break My Heart on Geekscape. Wah, 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 wah. Marvel Universe changes are coming. Wah, 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 wah. The Geekscape schedule is about to be announced. That's for SDCC and... Wow, 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 My wife loved the Gay by Dawn script. <laughs> this is Geekscape. So guys, this is Geekscape. If it's your first Geekscape, I'm Jonathan London. I'm going to be talking to you guys about the latest news and reviews in this short Geekscape pod. Uh, honestly, um, we're just going to take to the latest news. If you, want, if you The older news we just covered in the Geekscape over the weekend with Nick Gregorio... I am so sorry that that Geekscape went an hour. <laughs> if, you, if you like your Geekscape short, that's kind of the design of this sh- uh, show. If you uh, were downloading that and you were like, well, holy crap, it's an hour, you have nobody but me to blame. Uh, a combination of Nick and I just getting along like old friends and talking some serious trash, coupled with me being fairly honest with you guys about how I was feeling last week, and, of course, our Dock of the Dead announcement kind of ate up some of the time, and hey, we had a one-hour Geekscape pod. Screw it. I think, uh, honestly, we do one of the best podcasts on the internet. Um, we've been doing it for a while, and I think we've gotten better. That's been the consensus. I think these Geekscape pods have been helping uh, to cement the fact that this Geekscape feed is one of the best things on iTunes. But let's not keep it a secret. Definitely tell your friends about Geekscape. Tell them to subscribe to this iTunes feed, and Let's get them listening, because we have tons to talk about, and you guys are as much of a conversation starter as I am. Everything I'm about to talk about came from the Geekscape.net website, or is about Geekscape at San Diego Comic-Con next week. Um, Let's get to it. Yes, last week's episode was very emotional. Uh, Eric Diaz said, in listening, he's heard a side of Jonathan London he's never heard before. A new side of Jonathan London. Um, I'm flattered, but I thought I've been honest with you guys for six years. So, a new side, it just goes to show how three-dimensional I am. Um, kinda. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's much to me. I just like being honest with you guys, uh, and I appreciate you guys' feedback. Throw it at me, at Jonathan Lennon on Geekscape. No, at, at Jonathan Lennon on Twitter. I'm all scrambled. I got really depressed this morning when I went to see Spider-Man. Uh, I was excited to see this. This is the movie this summer that I really wanted to see, and I didn't like it. The first three quarters of the movie are boring. The last bit of the movie, uh, it, there's some stuff in there that I think is so great that it saddens me that I couldn't just dismiss this movie entirely. Uh, there's some real talent going on here. There's a lot of stuff that is really spot-on great, like the casting, the look, but... The script and the pacing and some of the choices made just weren't very good. They they definitely weren't Spider-Man. Uh, and I know a lot of you guys are arguing, hey, wait, I'm a Spider-Man fan and I know what Spider-Man is. Um, earlier today, Scott, our writer, who I love, said, ah, those Sam Raimi ones just felt like they were too close to the Steve Ditko and Stan Lee run. And I'm like, who else would you want to be close to? Like, did they just make a Spider-Man movie for those people who really like the Todd McFarlane big head Spider-Man? Because I hate to tell you, but like those movies were style only. Uh, those books were just like they were they were style. They were like Venom and the Lizard, but story-wise, they weren't that strong. You look at the Sam Raimi movies, and they pack 
the hell out of the Spider-Man universe, the humor, the drama, the characters, into that, those, Sam Ra- those first two Sam Raimi movies are amazing. Yeah, there, there are a couple little missteps, right, with the Green Goblin's design or the scene on the rooftop in the first movie or the messianic complex imagery from the second film. Yeah, there's some stuff that doesn't ring right, but they're incredible movies, and they totally set the stage for everything we're experiencing in superhero movies now. Sam Raimi shaped superhero movies. He and Brian Singer just shaped them properly. Um, and for people to kind of have this revisionist guilt and look back and be like, well, Sam Raimi movies just weren't as good. It's like, no, this movie's not very good. This movie is long pauses of Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker staring at each other while the plot isn't moving at all. And you can argue that it's a character-based movie, but characters characters aren't defined that way. Characters aren't defined by a lack of action. Characters are defined by the choices they make. And just you don't you didn't need to retell the origin story. You could have done that in the credits. There's so many points in this movie where time is just getting eaten up for no reason while the plot is sitting there that it's painful, especially when you get to the last few scenes and they're nailed. And you realize that the talent was there to make the entire movie that good. And it just wasn't. It was just confused. And I th- Think we'll have we'll have William Bibiani on to talk about Amazing Spider-Man in its own special, and I think we might even have a second one with Ian Kerner on, where we can talk to you guys about Spider-Man in a little special. So we'll have two Spider-Man specials if I get my way to really really nail the point home. But as good of a setup as this might be for a second Amazing Spider-Man, this was an enormous missed opportunity this time around. We could have gotten a much better film. Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen? You tell me. Uh, a director that was working beyond his ability? I don't know. I think Mark, Mark Webb is incredible. I think he's amazing. Um, but the movie kicked into gear when the visual effects department just ramped up at the end, and that fight scene was amazing. <sighs> we'll never know what we could have gotten. But I, I bet when you're sitting through this movie, you're not going to be knocking Sam Raimi anymore, unless you just really hated those first Spider-Man movies, at which point... How do you possibly enjoy comic books? You know, Steve Robles on Facebook was like, those first two Spider-Man movies were nothing but fluff. Keep in mind, Steve Robles loves the Star Wars prequels. Let's talk about a franchise. I mean, let's talk about a franchise that just totally went downhill and three movies that are literally just fluff, literally just toys being sold to the audience. No way, no nothing. Those first two movies do such a good job of wrapping up the first 200 issues of Spider-Man in both spirit and structure and character that you can't knock the first two Raimi movies. Oh, Toby cries too much. Did you not just watch The Amazing Spider-Man? Do a, a count of how many times crying is involved with Andrew Garfield in this Amazing Spider-Man. And you'll, you'll lose count. You'll be like, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't have been so hard on those uh, Toby Maguire ones. You're nuts. You're effing nuts. You're not seeing the movie. Like Andrew Garfield cries throughout this movie. <laughs> when he's not quiet, he cries. Are there really good parts in this movie? Are there things that they did right? Yeah, which only makes it worse. Because <laughs> you're sitting here going, no, how did you nail that? You know, How did you nail that and leave the, leave the rest of the stuff, the important stuff like the plot? How did you, how did you not see that that... Oh, never mind. I'm depressed. 
those amazing Spider-Man specials are going to come, so watch for them for the, no, the next two days. Uh, happy Fourth of July. Super Action Man called this morning. He said it's his favorite holiday, and he's very happy to see you all, you guys, at San Diego Comic-Con next week. I'm excited to see you guys at San Diego Comic-Con next week. I just got the revised poster for Doc of the Dead, and uh, I'm excited to have Charlie Adler at the booth signing them for you guys. We're going to put out a press release about that later this week. Um, so all the websites are going to pick up on it, but I'm telling you guys right now, you guys know first. Uh, Geekscape is helping with this movie. We're going to go into production on this movie. Um, let's talk, um, let's, let's do this. Let's talk Comic-Con booth real quick. Um, the Comic-Con booth at San Diego Comic-Con is booth number 3919. You guys need to come. You guys need to come hang out with us. The schedule as it stands right now, Wednesday is just preview night. I haven't booked anybody for preview night. We're kind of just going to set the stage. Uh, Thursday, 12 p.m., Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt. Uh, Yuri is the voice of Ben 10. He's also, uh, the voice of Prince of Persia in the video games. Uh, he and Tara have Shelf Life, the series. They're both big anime voiceover guys. So if you want to do that and come check them out, please do so. Uh, 3 to 4 p.m. Thursday, Bria and Zane Grant. We Will Bury You. Remember IDW's book, We Will Bury You, the zombie one? Bria Grant, you know her from Heroes. You know her from the last season of Dexter. They're going to be at the booth from 3 to 4 Thursday. 4 to 5 p.m., we got Mark Zickery, who was on a recent episode, talking about Space Command. He'll be sending copies of the Twilight Zone Companion from 4 to 5 on Thursday. Uh, 5.30 to 6.30, we've got Javier Grio Mark's Watch. You guys know him as the creator of Middleman. You also know him as one of the Lost Riders, and uh, he's been on the show before. He's a good friend of Geekscapes. So come get your Middleman stuff signed. Friday. Friday, as of now, we've got S.G. Brown. He's the author of uh, Breathers, Faded, and recently he was on the show talking about his new book, Lucky Bastard. He's going to be signing from twelve to th- from two to three, four thirty to five thirty. We've got Charlie Adler signing exclusively. He'll be signing Doc of the Dead posters. Don't even try bringing your Walking Dead stuff. He, he's not going to sign it. He's only going to sign Doc of the Dead posters because we're selling them as, for charity. Uh, 5.30 to 6.30, The Vacationeers are coming. You're like, who are The Vacationeers? Well, there's a new movie that's going to be coming out. It just opened at the LA Film Festival. It's called, um, it's a disaster. It's about, uh, four, three or four couples, and they're locked in a, they're kind of stuck in a house during a global disaster. And they made this movie. It's awesome. Uh, it's got, um, it's got a couple stars in it. And, um, uh, David, I think David Cross is in the movie, You've got, um, oh, what is her name? She was also in Dexter. Why, why am I blanking on this? Why am I blanking on this? Uh, I'll get back to it. But they're going to be signing from 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., we've got another Space Command uh, signing, but it's going to be a poster. This is on Saturday, 11 to 12. They're going to be signing a new poster that they, uh, they're kind of putting out to congratulate themselves on the finish of their... It's a very, very, very successful Kickstarter campaign. 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Geekscape booth, we got the Holliston signing. Adam Green, Joe Lynch. You guys remember Laura Ortiz. So if you guys have been watching Fearnet's Holliston, which is gonna, just got renewed for a second season, they're going to be signing at the Geekscape booth. 1 to 2 p.m., we got John Schnepp, director of Metalocalypse, and uh, anim- animator over at Titmouse. He's going to be signing. And then later on that day, I don't have a time confirmed yet, is our good friend Doug Jones who played the Pan in Pan's Labyrinth and uh, Ape Sapien and Hellboy. Sunday, some of you guys who are Facebook friends, uh, friends of ours, uh, 
you guys saw the Geekscape print that was done of like all those cool pop culture characters and comic book characters. And the Geekscape print, the artist's name is Melissa Sanchez. She's going to be signing uh, 1 to 2 p.m. So come by and get one of those prints. I think they're going to be like 5 bucks, and they're really cute. Um, that is the Geekscape booth. There's going to be updates. I'm still waiting to hear back from some talent. And uh, check the website because it's going to be on there, and it'll be updated throughout the weekend and into next week. So booth 3919. That'll be fun. Ooh, okay, let's talk. Um, changes to the Marvel Universe. This, uh, this is cool. At the wrap-up of AVX, they're kind of um, consolidating the universe, kind of making it a tighter Marvel Universe. They're changing some of the creators on different books. There's an awesome, awesome article that Uncanny Sean Madden, that's our, that's our writer, Sean Madden, put up on the site where you kind of see the new lineup for the Avengers, and it is a crazy lineup because that's the Uncanny Avengers. It's got uh, Rick Remender and John Cassidy, and they're doing this... Uh, this thing, I mean, this team's crazy. It's got Rocket Raccoon on it. It's got Invisible Woman. It's got Cable, Nova, the Hulk, Thor, Cyclops, Wolverine. I guess they, I guess they figured it out. Uh, Black Nick Fury. Um, is that the Ultimate Nick Fury? Like, oh no, that's that's Nick Fury's son. Like, eh, they need to let go of that. Uh, also, there's going to be a new Avengers book that Jonathan Hickman's doing, and he says, no, it's not going to be a team of six Avengers. It's going to be 18 or more Avengers. So that's going to be a huge, 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 huge uh, Avengers book, and one of them will be Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu. Uh, all new X-Men. Brian Michael Bendis is going over to the X-Men, and he's kind of doing a time travel book, breaking it down to its roots. You've got the classic X-Men of Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Angel, and Marvel Girl. Again, it looks like Cyclops and Beast settled their differences. And um, why not? It's a time travel book. Maybe it's the original uh, team. But uh, Stuart Eminen is the artist on that, and I think that's worth reading just right there. Um, that is what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Of course, Marvel Girl is coming by. The original, she's coming back, the original uh, Marvel Girl, uh, Jean Grey, who we thought has been dead for years, is coming back at the end of AVX, and she's going to have the classic Marvel Girl outfit. What is she going to think of this world that has gone through so many crossovers since she's left who knows but uh it's kind of nice to have her back if only because the scott and emma stuff would just get so sexually creepy that sometimes like i never i never felt good about that do people just i mean you're sleeping with her do you just forget that she was part of the hellfire club scott do you just forget that like she's tried to kill your team over and over again i understand you letting no i don't understand you letting magneto back on the team but i definitely don't understand you having a romantic relationship with emma frost she's tried to kill you too many times it's stupid um, the Joker's returning to the Batman books. If you guys read the New 52, the first issue of Detective Comics, the Joker had his face removed and has not been in DC Comics since. Uh, now, Batman number 13. This is the book you should be reading. It's Scott Snyder and uh, Capullo's artwork. Totally worth reading just for that stuff. Uh, and they're bringing the Joker back in a title. This is the name of the story arc, A Death in the Family. That's pretty funny because obviously a death in the family was the death of the original, uh, the second Robin, Jason Todd. That was the storyline in the late 80s where they voted to kill Robin. And you could call up the phone number and you could actually vote whether or not to kill Robin. And Robin was killed. So uh, I'm excited to see Greg Capullo just draw the Joker. And I'm really excited to see uh, what Scott Snyder has for uh, the Joker. I mean, he's such a great writer. Um, here, oh, this is fun. The fourth season of Eastbound and Down. Awesome. They're going to shoot a fourth season. I think, I love Eastbound and Down. Um, the first two seasons are on DVD. That's what I've watched, and I've loved them. 
Uh, really funny stuff, super quotable. If you, it doesn't even matter if you're not into baseball. You're going to enjoy it because Danny McBride is hilarious and all the cameos are really worth watching that show for. Um, what else we got? Um, I got a, a new book here. Uh, you guys know Weta, Peter Jackson's company. Uh, Weta, in advance of San Diego Comic-Con, sent me this awesome book called Triumph. Uh, Dr. Gordbort presents Triumph. Dr. Gordbort, if you go to drgordbort.com, D, Dr. Dr. G-R-O-R-D-B-O-R-T-S.com, uh, it's this really handsome hardback book. Uh, it's kind of an oversized comic. It's called Triumph Unnecessarily Violent Tales of Science Adventure for the Simple and Unfortunate. Written and illustrated by Greg Broadmore. It sort of reminds me of Alan Moore's Tom Strong or any of those science hero type books that are kind of pulpy and, you know, you've got guys flying around in zeppelins and you kind of have like this whole Tom Strong uh, men at a time or maybe they're on a prehistoric island and they're fighting with robots or they're fighting uh, kind of World War II era, uh, World War I era even planes and there's all sorts of, uh, of cool science adventures. Uh, this one you've got aliens, you've got uh, this guy, Dr. Gordbort, and he's running around, he's, he's shooting aliens in the head. It's fully painted is the cool thing about it. Um, anybody who likes like early 20th century science fiction stuff, very pulpy science fiction stuff, uh, giant robots, aliens, flying saucers, rocket ships, ray guns, that kind of stuff, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, go to the Weta booth if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con and check this stuff out. It, uh, it feels like a really cool science book. Uh, I can't wait to read it. They literally just mailed it to me from New Zealand. I had to sign like three or four forms. And uh, it's awesome. What does Weta do that isn't awesome? Has Weta ever made anything that isn't awesome or looked amazing? Uh, they made this book and they sent it to me. And I can't wait to jump into it. So check that one out. Do a little Google search for uh, Weta and Dr. Gordbort. 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 On the back it's got uh, endorsements from Stephen Fry, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, Andy Serkis, of course, from The Hobbit, and... Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, all right, all right, all right. We're almost done with this episode, but I really want to give a shout-out to the continued, one of my favorite series in, in, in video games that, right now, I'm loving this. Uh, sadly, I can only play it once a month because it's episodic, but The Walking Dead, episode two came out. I played through it this past weekend. I'm going to put the review up on the site. Um, the Walking Dead... A uh, video game that has been that Telltale has been putting out again is the best iteration of The Walking Dead in my opinion. I do like the comic a lot. I like the comic a ton. I like the TV show just fine. This video game puts you in the shoes of a survivor, and all of your choices matter because you're making real time choices on the fly that dictate the survival of the members of your team. And if you kill them, it's episodic. It ke- it saves your choices. And when the next episode comes out, they're not in it. <laughs> it. It really, really gives you panic attacks playing this, especially when Laura is yelling at you to make certain choices. She's like, "No, go there, do this, use that." Uh, oh, you made the, you you chose the wrong dialogue tree, so now that character doesn't trust you or is suspicious of you or or doesn't feel like aligned with you. So when you're you know, about to die, that character may not come to your aid. Again, every decision that is, in, that is made in this game matters, which is what's so great about it. Um, the tension is just way high from the get-go. Read the review. Uh, go, look for the older review of Episode 1. And honestly, this is an automatic buy as far as Season Pass goes. If you love adventure games, this is 
This is the best modern-day iteration of the adventure game genre that there is. The Walking Dead from Telltale is incredible. While we're on the subject of The Walking Dead, I told you guys you should be watching Falling Skies. It's very Walking Dead-ish. This last episode from this past weekend was so hardcore. It's one of the most hardcore things I've seen on TV. Um, there's a scene where the, where the kids are getting the, the like harnesses put on them. Like these, ki- these kids have been kidnapped by the, the aliens and they brought to this factory where they're going to get these mind control harnesses put on their backs. And you literally see like a, like a, a nine or like a ten-year-old kid sitting there like, like stuck on a gurney face down while this slug thing comes out of this tank, slides down a slide, attaches to his back, and then shoots needles and pins into it in order to like go right into his spine and mind control him. Meanwhile, there's, there's like these two other kids who are pinned down to the gurneys, and they can't really see what's happening to the, the third kid, but they can hear him, and the kid's screaming his head off. And they're like, what's happening? Somebody help us! Somebody help us! Meanwhile, like the heroes are coming to save him, and... And all that, and like the aliens are like d- tampering with them, and you know there's other little squid things floating around in a tank, waiting to be attached to children to mind control them. It was so gross and so well done. It was awesome. Falling skies doesn't always work. That scene was really, really, really grim, really, really, really hardcore. I definitely applaud it. You should be watching this show if you're a sci-fi fan. You should definitely be watching Falling Skies. It's, again, it's not always great. It's usually almost always fun. So that's what I think. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jonathan London. Geekscape.net is where we hang our hats. You should be checking it for all this news, all this opinion and reviews. Sean, even though he loved The Amazing Spider-Man, wrote up a great love letter to the Spider-Man character. And uh, Scott Almeniana, did I do your name right? Uh, Wrote a, a really nice review of the film. He really liked the film as well. So... Uh, we're not wrong over at Geekscape. We just differ in opinion. And as Scott says, we agree to disagree. So uh, keep reading Geekscape. Keep checking things out on the website. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all that. And then keep checking this feed next uh, for over the next couple of days. We're going to have those amazing Spider-Man episodes. And then next week, <laughs> Comic-Con. The shit is going to hit the fan. We're going to be updating this feed with interviews, news, Nonstop. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be. It's going to be a massacre. <laughs> uh, see you guys next episode.